0: That's the sound of the hot chocolate maker. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is Monday, January second, twenty twenty-three. Listen to it's. We're going eleven a.m. We're going, man. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Bling. Let's get into some news, shall we? Jeremy Renner seriously injured while plowing snow in Nevada. Los Angeles, AP. The Avengers star Jeremy Renner is being treated for serious injuries that happened while he was plowing snow. The actor's representative said Renner, 51, is in critical condition. Although he is stable, the actor's representative said Sunday. No further details on the extent of Renner's injuries were available. The actor has a home in Nevada. The Washoe County Sheriff's Office said in a news release that Renner was injured in Reno and was flown to a hospital. He was the only person involved, and the sheriff, Sheriff's Office is investigating, according to the release. Renner plays Hawkeye, a sharpshooting member of the superhero Avengers squad in Marvel's sprawling movie and television universe. He is a two-time acting Oscar nominee, scoring back-to-back nods for The Hurt Locker and The Town. Renner's portrayal of a bomb disposal specialist in Iraq in 2008, The Hurt Locker helped turn him into a household name. The Avengers in 2012 cemented him as part of Marvel's grand storytelling ambitions, with his character appearing in several sequels and getting its own Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. Damn. That's too bad. I really like Jeremy Renner. What's the first movie I... Well, if you guys listen to this podcast, it was April 11th. I said I want to go watch Wind River. I actually remember the day. My whole life changed right after that. Danish screenwriter Lise Norgaard dies at age 105. Yeah, I watched it. April eleventh. Go back and listen Copenhagen Denmark, AP. I hope he gets better. Jeremy Renner, he's cool. He seems really nice. Danish screenwriter Lisa Liza Norgaard dies at age one hundred five. Copenhagen Denmark, AP. Liza Norgard, a screenwriter who penned the popular epic television drama Matador, about the lives of ordinary Danish families in a fictitious provincial town during the recession of the 1930s and the hard times of World War II, has died. She was 105. Norgard died Sunday after a brief illness, her family said Monday. She is also known for having written her 1992 memoirs, *Kun & Prijs recounting her struggle to become a female reporter. She worked at major Danish newspapers, including Politiken and Berlinsky. She started her career at a local newspaper, Roskilde Dagblad, in her hometown of Roskilde, located 40 kilometers 25 miles west of Copenhagen. We say goodbye to a national treasure, Prime Minister Met Frederiksen said on Instagram, a strong and people-loving woman who was never afraid to take the lead she gave us Matador, a piece of Danish history. Danish lawmakers tweeted Monday in honor of Norgard, who was little known outside Scandinavia and Germany. Culture minister Jacob Engel Schmidt said that culture has lost a piece of life and Denmark an important witness and contributor to its contemporaries. German ambassador Pascal Hector tweeted that her television show Matador, which he called a masterpiece, was my first encounter with the Danish language and the country's history. Oh, huh. that is nice. What are we doing on time? Ample time. Trying out a new booth. Trying out a new booth. New vocal booth. Here we go. Japanese emperor greets crowd at palace after COVID hiatus. Tokyo AP J- Japan's emperor Naruhito and his family waved to throngs of New Year's well wishers from the balcony at the Imperial Palace on Monday in the return of a celebration halted for the past two years by the pandemic. Naruhito offered prayers for people's happiness and world peace in the appearance Monday beside his wife, Empress Masako, and their daughter. Princess Eiko, who turned 21 in December, was appearing in her first New Year's public greeting. Legal adulthood is 20 in Japan and a condition for taking part in some events featuring the Emperor's family. Also standing by was Emperor Emeritus Akihito, who ab- abdicated in favor of his son in 2019 and his wife, Empress Emerita Emerita Machiko. Naruhito noted the past few years had been filled with hardships brought on by the pandemic. These must have been hard times for many of you. He told the crowd below, many waving small Japanese flags. For the last two years, the emperor skipped the public greeting and instead sent video message. Only those who applied and were selected in advance were allowed in the imperial palace grounds this year because of pandemic restrictions on large crowds. In September, Naruhito made his first trip abroad since the pandemic and since he ascended to the Chrysanthemum throne. Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Bling. Chrysanthemum. Correction. In September, Naruhito made his first trip abroad since the pandemic and since he ascended to the Chrysanthemum throne to attend the state funeral of Britain's Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, that's very considerate of him. The first time he flies is like, I'm never going on a plane again. I'm not going anywhere, whatever. Queen dies. He's like, all right, I'll do it. Naruhito studied at Oxford. Oh, that's why. Went to Oxford. Naruhito studied at Oxford University and plays Western classical music. Wow. And his family has built close... Yeah, that's cool. Wow. That's really cool that he did that. Yeah, shout out to Naruhito. Naruhito. The emperor does not have political power, but carries symbolic significance for Japan, and he is generally welcomed adoringly by Japanese people when he attends cultural events. And yeah, they look like very, very um, just elegant, fine people. Very elegant, I would say, just from that photo alone. Yeah. And they're all like kind of spaced apart. They're not, they're very, they look like very nice people, and it sounds like they are. I bet I imagine that the Japanese people love them <laughs> because it probably looks they seem very considerate. They also probably don't want to get sick. I, I that I can identify with one hundred percent. I didn't want to fly on a plane, but I did it anyways. Thankfully, I didn't get sick, but it had been like three years. It had Been two years for this guy. He's like I'm not going on a plane. Queen dies. He British royalty, and I think Japanese royalty is a very um smart very um strategic uh, relationship to have but it sounds like they're nice people anyway so they're just nice to be around and probably very um just interesting people to talk to not in a weird way it's very good uplifting welcoming feeling i bet when you enter their homes whereas a vampire you can't step over the threshold you have to be invited inside just just so everyone knows right All right, we're full speed ahead. Avatar sequel again dominates box office. New York AP Avatar The Way of the Water is the box office king for a third straight week and shows no sign of slowing down. James Cameron's long awaited sequel to the first Avatar film brought in an estimated 63 million over the holiday weekend, roughly the same as the previous week, and now has made more than 400 million domestically and more than 1.3 billion globally. The Way of the Water is already the 15th highest global release ever, just behind The First Black Panther. Numbers released Sunday by Comscore showed Avatar far ahead of the runner-up. Universal's Shrek spin-off Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which made an esti- estimated 16 million, and Disney's Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which brought in around 4.8 million. The Sony biopic Whitney Houston I Want to Dance with Somebody made 4.2 million in its second week of release. Babylon, the epic early Hollywood, starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, continued foo-fare badly despite its five Golden Globe nominations. Five. The Paramount release earned just two, 2.7 million in the second week, a 24 percent drop and averaged just 815 per location. By comparison, the new Avatar of 20th Century averaged more than 15,000. That's a pretty big difference, man. How much you get per ticket? I ah, 815. What do you get? 15,000? Oh, that's cool. I know what that's like. Oh, you have a podcast too? How many listeners do you get? If you don't mind me. How many unique listeners do you have? How many listeners do you get per episode? Like 15,000. How many do you get? Bling, how many do you get? No, I don't get 15,000. Bling, how many do you get? I don't get 15,000. Well, how much do you got then? 10,000? No. How many? Do you want to talk about something else? You asked me, and I told you now how many listeners you get per episode. I don't know, man. I don't even keep track of that stuff. I'm not trying to do anything here. How many freaking unique listeners do you get? There's going to be a show tonight on the Moscow murders, and I have some very, um, I think, compelling ideas about just some of the possibilities that might have happened um anyway and just some possibilities that could have happened in the process and i think they're worth worth noting at least just if anything to expand your imagination into my mind it's getting kind of hot in here i'm actually gonna go outside <laughs> gonna take off no but stay tuned tonight for the uh, moscow murders episode i'm gonna try and make it uh tonight at least so keep a lookout thanks so much for listening tell your friends loud and distracting out here but i think it's fine for the next Uh, trump rings in 2023 facing headwinds in his white house run washington ap donald trump began 2022 on a high let's wait wait. a drill someone's gonna drill out here said someone got a drill i'm gonna try another vocal booth in a second here just give me a second it's the kind that you can't smoke in, so I'm just taking a little break outside. Get on a little high of my own while reading this Trump headline here. 2023 on a high. <laughs> All these birds just flew off. Oh, it's not, it's nothing bad's happening. Birds' bodies are pretty weak, so... Always watch bird behavior, especially Canadian geese behavior. That's a federally protected bird. But I'll write it myself and we'll do it live. Trump rings in 2023 facing headwinds in White House run. Washington, AP. Donald Trump began 2022 on a high. Primary candidates were flocking to Florida to court the former president for a coveted endorsement. His rallies were drawing thousands. A bevy of investigations remained largely under the radar. One year later, Trump is facing a very different reality. He is mired in criminal investigations that could end with indictments. He has been blamed for Republicans' disappointing performance in the November elections. And while he is now a declared presidential candidate, the six weeks since he announced have been marked by self-inflicted crises. Trump has not held a single campaign event and he barely leaves the confines of his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida. Instead of staving off challengers, his potential 2024 rivals appear ever more emboldened. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, fresh off a resounding re-election victory, increasingly is seen as Trump's most formidable not formi- formidable competition. Trump's subdued campaign announcement has left even former stalwarts wondering whether he is serious about another run for the White House. There is a movie called Failure to Launch. I think that's what Donald Trump's process of running has been so far. He had the announcement, and he hasn't done anything to back it up since then," said Michael Biendo, a GOP operative who advised Trump's 2016 campaign, but is steering clear this time. Michael Biendo. Okay. What campaign? Asked longtime GOP donor Dent, who gave $100,000 to Trump's 2020 re-election reelection effort. What campaign? I gave $100,000. Yeah, he. No, yeah, I paid. I paid $100,000 break that shit didn't work what campaign you talk about now evacuation warnings amid flooding after california storm sacramento california ap residents of a northern california community were ordered to evacuate ahead of imminent flooding and evacuation warnings were in place elsewhere in rural parts of the region on new year's day after a powerful storm brought drenching rain or heavy snowfall to much of the state breaching levees, snarling traffic, and closing major highways. Even after the storm moved through, major flooding occurred in agricultural areas about 20 miles, 32 kilometers south of Sacramento, where rivers swelled beyond their banks and inundated. Dozens of cars along the State Route 99 inundated, inundated. Emergency crews rescued motorists on New Year's Eve into Sunday morning, and the highway remained closed. Crews on Sunday found one person dead inside a submerged vehicle near Route 99. Dan Quiggle, Deputy Fire Chief for Operations for Cosumnes Community Service District Fire Department, told the Sacramento Bee. Sacramento County authorities issued an evacuation order late Sunday for residents of the low-lying community of Point Pleasant near Interstate 5, citing imminent and dangerous flooding. Residents of the nearby communities of Glanville Tract and Franklin Pond were told to prepare to leave before more roadways are cut off by rising water and evacuation becomes impossible. Wow. It is expected that the flooding from the Khan rivers is, is moving southwest. The I, can't, I can't say that. Kasum's River and Molkowum River Kosum's River and Mokolom River is moving southwest toward I-5 and could reach these areas in the middle of the night. The Sacramento County Office of Emergency Services said earlier on Twitter Sunday afternoon, livestock is in the affected areas should be moved to higher ground. To the north, in the state's capital, crews cleared down trees from roads and sidewalks as at least 17,000 customers were still without power Sunday, down from more than 150 thousand a day earlier according to a Sacramento municipal utility district online map near lake tahoe dozens of drivers were rescued on new year's eve along interstate 80 after cars spun out in the snow during the blizzard the california department of transportation said the key route to the mountains from the san francisco bay area reopened early sunday to passenger vehicles with chains the roads are extremely slick so let's all work together and slow down so we can keep i-80 open california highway patrol said on twitter several other highways including state route 50 also reopened more than four feet of snow had accumulated in the high sierra nevada and the mammoth mountain ski area said heavy wet snow would cause major delays in chairlift openings on saturday the resorts the, re- the resort opened lift closing citing. Yeah, that's high, exciting high winds, low visibility. A so-called atmospheric river storm pulled in a long and wide plume of moisture from the Pacific Ocean, flooding and rock slides closed portions of road across the state. Rainfall in downtown San Francisco hit 5.46 inches, 13.8, well, basically 14 centimeters, on New Year's Eve, making it the second wettest day on record. Behind a November 1994 deluge, the National Weather Service said. Videos on Twitter showed mud-colored water streaming along San Francisco streets and a staircase in Oakland turned into a veritable waterfall. That's something else. The second heaviest day, huh? San Francisco is really pretty and everything. And I worry worried about, like a, you know, the big one. And I think sometimes with this flooding, when, you know, when before the... Uh, <clears throat> The the squeaks the seat is squeaking here, and I don't want st- to. I can't stand. Really, it's so. We're trying some different things out in Southern California. Several people were rescued after photo inundated cars. I already read that part. Um. Over the weekend, thirteen centimeters. Well, hey, thoughts and prayers. That's scary. Another round of heavy showers was also forecast for Southern California on Tuesday or Wednesday. Another round of heavy showers was also forecast for Southern California on Tuesday or Wednesday, the National Weather Service's Los Angeles area said. Got a freaking sound, guys. They're plane, playing outside. Get... Get a plane flying overhead. Is that cool? Drink it at stereo. My right ear is still kind of bothering me, too. Good job. Good your dog. You're the dog. New York okays human composting law, sixth state in U.S. to do so. Albany, New York. Howard Fisher. Where does anyone know where the Erie Canal goes to? Is it from Albany to Buffalo? Anyone know? Albany, New York. AP. Howard Fisher, a 63-year-old investor living north of New York City, has a wish for when he dies. He wants his remains to be placed in a vessel broken down by tiny microbes and composted into a... Hey, freaking... That's actually... It sounded like a creeped-out idea. It's like everyone's going to be buried in their backyard we can get dead bodies everywhere he's like no this is probably the best way because then you entirely break back down like in the most like yeah man you guys ever see prometheus the beginning of prometheus you guys ever see the beginning of prometheus anyone you guys ever think about that on prometheus i saw it alone in the theaters yeah surprise surprise i saw it alone in theaters i walked out of the theaters totally like wow What does life have to offer? If I would have known then what I know now, I would have just given up back then. He wants his remains to be placed in a vessel broken down by tiny microbes and composted into rich, fertile soil. Maybe his composted remains could be planted outside the family home in Vermont, or maybe they could be returned to the earth elsewhere. Whatever my family chooses to do with the compost after it's done is up to them. Fisher said, I'm committed to having my body composted and my family knows that, he added, but I would love it, but I would love for it to happen in New York where I live rather than shipping myself across the country. Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation on Saturday to legalize natural organic reduction, popularly known as human composting, making New York the sixth state in the nation to allow the method of burial. Washington state became the first state. Wow. Um. To legalize human composting in 2019, followed by Colorado and Oregon in 2021, and Vermont and California in 2022. For Fisher, this alternative green method of burial aligns with his philosoph- philosophical view of life: to live in an environmentally conscious way. The process goes like this: the body of the deceased is placed into a reusable vessel along with plant materials such as wood chips, alfalfa. Creates a perfect, yeah. The organic mix creates the perfect habitat for naturally occurring microbes to do their work quickly and efficiently breaking down the body in about a month's time. The end result is a heaping cubic yard of nutrient-dense soil. Cubic yard of nutrient-dense so the equivalent of about 36 bags of soil that can be used to plant trees. That's kind of a lot, too. Or enrich conservation land, forest, gardens. For urban areas such as New York City, where land is limited, it can be seen as a pretty attractive burial alternative. Michelle Mentor, manager at Green Springs Natural Cemetery Preserve Cemetery in central New York, said the facility would strongly consider the alternative method. It definitely is more in line with what we do, she added. The 130-acre nature preserve cemetery nestled between protected forest land offers natural green burials, which is when a body can be placed in a biodegradable container and into a gravesite so that it can decompose fully. Yeah. I don't know. I, every single thing we do to turn people away from concrete liners and fancy caskets and embalming, we ought to do more supportive. Can we get a freaking airplane? Say what three times fast? The Keurig coffee machine cooks coffee. Come again, governor? Cheerio, cheerio, chap. Okay, I went over in that segment. Police probe motive in attack on officers near Times Square. New York AP. Authorities in New York City are investigating whether a man who attacked three police officers with a machete at a New York's Eve celebration striking two of them was inspired by radical Islamic extremism, according to a law enforcement official familiar with the matter. The attack happened a little after 10 p.m., about eight blocks from Times Square, just outside the high security zone, where revelers are screened for weapons. Two of the officers were struck with the machete before an officer shot the man in the shoulder. The two officers were hospitalized one with a fractured skull and the other with a bad cut and were expected to recover. Police did not publicly identify the 19-year-old suspect, but the law enforcement official identified him to the Associated Press as Trevor Bickford of Wells, Maine. Investigators believe Bickford traveled to New York City. Yeah. Specifically, um, to attack police officers at one of the largest New Year's Eve celebrations in the world, the law enforcement official said. Oh, so deliberately, like a premeditated attack. New York City police and federal officials are still trying to discern a motive, and investigators have been reviewing Bickford's online posting, which included some mentions of Islamic extremist views, the official said. The official could not publicly discuss details of the ongoing investigation and spoke to AP on condition of anonymity. Bickford was expected to recover from the gunshot wound. No charges against him were immediately announced. Michael Driscoll, the assistant director in charge of the FBI's New York field office, said the FBI's Joint Terrorist Task Force in New York City was investigating, but investigators believe the attacker acted alone. The attack and sound of a gunshot briefly sent some people running, but the festivities in Times Square continued uninterrupted. Mayor Eric Adams said at a news conference early Sunday that he spoke to one of the wounded officers as he was being stitched up at the hospital. He was in good spirits, Adams said. He understood that his role saved lives of New Yorkers today. The New York Police Department, his role, huh? The New York Police Department mounts a massive security operation every year to keep the new, Yorkers, new Year's Eve crowd safe. Thousands of officers are sent to the area, including many new recruits. Right? One of the injured officers just graduated from the police academy on Friday. Get, that, get him in there. Get him to get attacked. Get that, get that new guy in there. Have him get attacked. You willing to take one for the? You willing to get cut? You want to get cut? the machete, in good spirits of the hospital. The blocks where the biggest crowds gather to see performances in the midnight ball drop can be accessed only through checkpoints where officers used metal detectors. Well, the security perimeter extends only so far, though. The attack took place on 8th Avenue, which is often packed with people navigating around the frozen zone or trying to find one of the secure entrances. Tech reporter from Washington. Yep. Okay, you guys. Are we in the third or second segment here? It's the third segment, right? Well, well. The sound of an airplane overhead. I have a lot to say about this, but I can't get too wound up because there's going to be a show tonight. I think separate, apart from um, this show, but it's still the same show. So, link our podcast. Tell it fit. all of your friends. Just like that, Taking Back Sunday song. Exactly like that song. So tell all your friends. This is the story. And I'm going to kind of just maybe tease a little bit, but I'm going to read all the way through. But I'm going to tease my ideas a little bit at the end, I think. Maybe, if I can. Is it working right now? Do you feel teased? Are you not teased? It's a pretty easy position to take, I think. I just It's basically speculation saying, what if? It's not dangerous speculation, but I think it, some, it might go a little bit too far for some. And for some, will be like, you know, I never even thought of that. And what if he's right? And then I end up being right. And I said, yeah, that's a problem. I'll probably come down here and start freaking trying to kill them in my sleep now. Okay, get that freaking podcast host, will you? Freaking Bling Vera podcast. He's too big for his britches. That kid's too smart for his own good. I'm not a kid. I'm pretty old. had my hair black, but don't worry. It'll turn gray again. Backwards hat and a skateboard. Hey, everyone. By the way, my skateboard was stolen on September 29th. In Taylorsville, Utah, fifty-five fifty south and Canal Street, which is about fifteen hundred west, at two PM. It was stolen by a black male, what appeared to be a black male. U five three six ZP. It was a black Dodge Challenger. Just stole my skateboard, I got pictures. Go look. Go look at past episodes when there's a skateboard thief on the loose. He stole it. Very weird experience that day. But um whatever. There are bad people out there and they're not good and they disappear and they never get caught. You know, even when you have those distinguishing qualities like blackmail, 2 p.m., 5550 South and Canal Street, which is about 1500 West in Taylorsville, Utah, 2 p.m., September 29th, 2022, right here in the church parking lot, right here in the church. It happened right here in the church parking lot, just two seconds ago, can the police? Can anyone help me and just, or at least find out where this U five three six ZP Dodge Challenger went to? It seems like he was being pretty aggressive. He might hurt somebody, and like, yeah, hurt another person, take their skateboard. I get this guy off the streets, and then just nothing happens. You don't. Just, that's it. My, I didn't even have cell phone service back then. I didn't even have a way to communicate. It was emergency. I dialed nine one one. Nothing ever happened. That's when I came up with some of these wild theories that people just think, you know, he's nuts. But what if, instead of a car screen, like a windscreen, a windshield, as us red-blooded Americans have come to call it, if your windshield, windscreen, if your windshield is not glass, think of it as a two-way mirror almost, or just a screen. That projects to the world what the driver wants the world to see. How is the driver driving then? If he can't, if the front windscreen is a projection, is a TV screen. He's wearing goggles, possibly. Connected to a camera in the front of the car. 360 degrees, anywhere moves his head and looks exactly like he's driving the car. Or anyone could be driving the car. So is the driver window, or all the windows screens? Possibly, man. And no one has to see through them. No one has to, just looks exactly in sync with the surrounding areas. It looks real. It looks real, man. But it's not. There might, it might be a projection of two people inside when there's four. It might be a projection of one person inside when there's a lot more. It could be very, very complicated. If you have some sort of technology that no one thinks exists or Maybe there's only one that exists. We all know autonomous driving exists, right? At least not Tesla drivers, but the rest of us get it. Yeah, you have to kind of pay attention when you're driving on autopilot. Tesla drivers, man. Why are Tesla drivers like that? Gosh. Shake them, but it's not going to make a difference. Most of us know that, yeah, cars can kind of almost drive themselves almost. You still have to be paying attention, though. And what if, man... You have something that's not really street legal or something. And it's just remote controlled, even. It's just remote controlled. Mythbusters would build stuff like that. Just one car, but hey. You can do these little servo things. It turns the wheel. And that was without, like, autonomous driving. You could put, like, a camera on the front, computers and stuff. Airplane. Anyway, you guys want to get it? Family of Idaho slaying suspect expresses sympathy, support stroudsburg pennsylvania ap the pennsylvania family of a man arrested in the slayings of four university of idaho students expressed sympathy for the families of the victims but also vowed to support him and promote his presumption of innocence brian Koberger, a 28 year old doctoral student and teaching assistant in the department of criminal justice and criminology at washington state university was taken into custody early Friday by state police at his parents' home in Chestnut Hill Township in Eastern Pennsylvania, authorities said. His parents, Michael and Marianne, and his two older sisters, Amanda and Melissa, said in a statement released Sunday by his attorney that they care deeply for the four families who have lost their precious children. There are no words that can adequately express the sadness we feel, and we pray each day for them. The family said that relatives will continue to let the legal process unfold, and that as a family, we love and support our son and brother. They say they have fully cooperated with law enforcement to try to seek the truth and promote promote his presumption of innocence rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. Monroe County's chief public defender, Jason Labar, said his client is eager to be exonerated and plans to tell a judge Tuesday in Pennsylvania that he will waive his extradition hearing so he can be quickly taken to Idaho. Labar also urged people not to pass judgment until a fair trial has been held. Mr. Koberger has been accused of very serious crimes, but the American justice system cloaks him in a veil of innocence, Labar said in a statement. He should be presumed innocent until proven otherwise, not tried in the corner of public opinion. Can't de- <clears throat> excuse me. Correction. Captain Anthony DeLingo of the Moscow Police Department in Idaho told the Associated Press on Saturday that authorities believe Koberger was responsible for all four murders. We believe we've got our man, he said. Bill Thompson, a prosecutor in Latah County, Idaho, said during a news conference Friday That investigators believe Coburger broke into the University of Idaho student's home near campus with the intent to commit murder. The bodies of the victims were found November thirteenth, several hours after investigators believe they died. Yeah, Washington. um, There were members of the university's Greek system and close friends. Mogan Goncalves and Carnado live in the three-story rental home with two other roommates. Karnado and Champin, were dating and he was visiting the house that night. Autopsies showed all four likely asleep when they were attacked. Some had defensive wounds and each was stabbed multiple times. There was no sign of sexual assault, police said. Lata County prosecutors have said the affidavit for four charges of first-degree murder in Idaho will remain sealed until he is returned. He is also charged with felony burglary in Idaho. Many details of the case are expected to be released after Koberger's first appearance in an Idaho courtroom, Dullinger said. I think that's all the news that I have for you guys today. Yeah, if you don't know, the uh, Elantra was owned by, or at least driven by, there, there was a white Elantra over there in Pennsylvania, and I guess he drove back from Washington with his dad, two day two day trip back to Pennsylvania. Was it December seventeenth? I think. So I'll get the facts later. But the, the, the show tonight, the show tonight, I get it later tonight. But something like the story, something similar, and I I started to wonder, as like that, why there's so much emphasis on that white Elantra. I wonder if the whole thing. Then you have to wonder if they're prepared for something like, and not only that, um, you heard you heard it just. This now we we believe we've got our man as an assistant professor not me as an assistant but if i wouldn't consider an assistant professor a quadruple homicide killer quadruple yeah i wouldn't imagine an assistant professor killing four people um just before thanksgiving but if he knew about a lot of injustices as i'm sure he did as a phd student um there he might be up to something here and it it there might there probably he might not be involved in it at all it's wrong place at wrong time driving that car but maybe not who knows and the whole thing was who knows but i i think it's a little bit too soon for them to be like we got our man and stuff and like where did where i don't know i guess he was being followed by the fbi too um before he was arrested so I guess they believe it, so yeah. I could. I, I'm just thinking outside the box and throwing some ideas. Huh? there's a freaking voice cracks at the end. Time to end the show. Yeah, okay, wrap it up, Ling. Freaking voice is just like nah, that. Don't. We're done. Don't. Don't say nothing more. Zip it. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. All your friends. Check out for that show later. Good. Night. tonight um within the next day because i can't i can't make any promises if it's tonight but i've got i've got some ideas on this moscow murders thing so stay tuned tonight there's going to be an episode um tell all your friends too i hope you guys are having a good new year and some people are sick i just got better or getting better yeah do you want to work for two weeks and make just enough money to pay for the emergency room you get from being sick from working in the dust and Dirt for hours with a leaf blower? Well, hey, come we'll hire you. It's like, so wait, I just get to work for two weeks just to pay for the emergency room because I get sick from working there? That's right, step right on up. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Well, could I just work? Could I focus on the podcast maybe and try and, my hopes and dreams, which being a podcast host wasn't my dream, but it just sort of happened that way? It's destiny. Is that possible? Can I just chase destiny and like try my luck that way? Well, you might be homeless. Yeah, okay, 25 days straight. I could do it now. Yeah, I probably should make it by then, I think, I hope. But then you'd be homeless. Yeah, so like, get a job. Quit chasing your dreams and get it. Get your head out of the clouds and get a job. You can get sick at the ER room. Pay for, the, pay for the freaking hospital bill. With what money? I don't know. Get a job. I got sick at my last one. That's what the ER, that's, that's why I have to pay for the ER room. It's because I got a job. So I have to get a job to pay for the ER room? Get a job, you piece of shit. Well, now I can go to the gas station. I can buy some beer. I'm going to drink some beer and then I'm going to go to the weed store and listen to this podcast and go home, and get drunk and smoke weed. And then why don't you get a job while I'm researching this murder? Oh, because I'm busy researching four murders. I'm trying to. The presumption of innocence. Hello.